Hi there, this is a special end of year episode that we're posting on both our Lives of Tomorrow and Create Tomorrow feeds. Hosted by me, Carla Bazashi, CEO of WGSN, and I'm joined by some of the team at WGSN to discuss the top trends for next year. Noseprint is a nose pet tracking app for your cat and your dog. So effectively, it gets rid of those pesky tags and microchips. You swipe your kitty's or, you know, Tipsy or in my case, Penelope's nose. It registers the animal. And then through a smart camera, if they ever get lost, that's how they identify it. And effectively, what nose app tracking does is say, we want a world without lost, abandoned or stolen pets. And it just really shows you, again, how much pets and kind of multi-species living is really a part of our daily lives. Hello and welcome to our most popular podcast of the year for Create Tomorrow, in which we dive into the top trends that we're forecasting for the following year. I'm Carla Bazashi, CEO of WGSN and your host for this annual trend forecast. Joining me to discuss what we see on the horizon for 2024 and beyond is Andrea Bell, our VP of Consumer Insight, and Lisa White, our Director of Strategic Forecasting and Creative Direction. Now, this year in my podcast, Lives of Tomorrow, we've talked a fair bit about AI. It's obviously been the kind of big buzzword of 2023. So I'm guessing there might be a few related trends for 2024 uh, on this topic. I think people fall into two camps on this. They're either really excited and really optimistic, or they're on the complete flip side, the doom mongers who think it's going to, I guess, spell the end of the world. So Where's WGSN sitting on this, Lisa? Well, it's interesting because we predicted the rise of AI in 2015 as being the next major tech leap. And now we're really seeing it advance at pace. So, of course, there's you know plenty of complexities and red flags, which you've talked about on your previous podcast. But on an overall optimistic level, because it's our job to show positive ways forward, we're really seeing AI as a tool. It's used by people in order to invent new systems, fix those that are outdated, and solve critical problems and be creative. So I really see it as a tool for expanding human creativity and taking ideas from promise to prototype in record time. And so actually, for this season, we wanted to experiment with AI to create visuals for our top trends and to show designs that don't yet exist. So we worked with Handcraft as well, too, to bring those trends to life. So it's a visual conversation between our experts, AI and craft. I've already seen some of these images and they look amazing because it is, and I guess maybe this is this is sort of part of trend of forecasting, it's the best of the old and the best of the new all brought together. And certainly from my perspective, if you can still harness all of that and the amazing innovation that comes with AI, that creates a much better future. I do understand where people have concerns, but this technology exists now and you can't put the genie back into the bottle. So it is, how do we take the best of this and move the world forward in a positive way? And obviously that's so much of our job here at WGSN. Andrea, how do you see AI playing out from a consumer perspective as we look into 2024? It's really interesting, Carla, because you kind of touched on it, right? We all kind of know AI is in the background. The the best one to really think about is Spotify wrapped. Everyone posts it. It goes social. Everyone wants to know how many minutes they've listened to their breakup song. And what really fuels Spotify wrapped is, is AI. So ideally, you know, AI assistants are really coming in. They're not cool. They're not sexy, but they're critically useful. They save us time and they can kind of take those tasks that we just don't want to do on our day to day and make it very 
easy. So one that actively tracking in the US and Canada is called Dreamhouse. And I think Lisa White will love this one. It effectively works as a real estate agent for you. you. You put in the app what you're looking for for a house, bathrooms, area, school districts, and it visually optimizes and pulls that search. So it, you know, again, streamlined that house hunting process. But it's also interesting because we're seeing it coming through from just making our streamlined path to purchase. I mean, we've, we've talked about it on Create Tomorrow about, you know, the, the rise of fake e-tail sites and retail sites that so many people are falling victim to. Think about it. You're on Instagram. You get that ad. You click on it. You realize it's fake. Microsoft has done something really smart with AI where they're creating shopping guides that are safe and verified. So let's say you're typing in holiday Christmas headband. It will then aggregate from retailers that are safe, verified, and create not only a shopping guide, but you can click. And of course, I had to throw a wacky one in here. You know, we can't have this podcast without a wacky one. We're really looking at AI assistance coming through in our pets and our pet tech. So nose print, again, can't make this up. Nose print is a nose pet tracking app for your cat and your dog. So effectively, it gets rid of those pesky tags and microchips. You swipe your kitties or, you know, tipsy or in my case, Penelope's nose. It registers the animal. And then through a smart camera, if they ever get lost, that's how they identify it. And effectively, what nose app tracking does is say, we want a world without lost, abandoned or stolen pets. And it just really shows you, again, how much pets and kind of multi-species living is really a part of our daily lives. I think that's going to be part of the buzzword list. And there will be a long list as we look into next year. But we're definitely going to be talking about that quite a lot. I mean, that sounds fantastic. I have a really basic problem with my poor cat in that her cat flap. So she's got a chip and it's supposed to only open when the chip comes through. The batteries in it go every week. And they're supposed to last for six months. So we have decided it doesn't matter. Nothing's going to follow her in. So now I have a matchstick wedging it open so that she can get in and out. So you're talking about these amazing advances in technology. And I'm currently using a matchstick to enable my cat to get in and out of her cat flap. So we're, we're a little behind here in the UK on that particular top. But I mean, look, we can talk about pets for ages. We won't bore our listeners with that too much. But We are living in a world that is still influenced by the pandemic. And so many of us bought pets. My cat was a pandemic purchase, a total cliche on that front. It's still affecting trends. It's crossing over into things like AI. What are the trends are we going to see influenced by some of those uh, extra additions to our families that we added in in the past few years? Lisa, I'll let you go first on that one. Basically, we've been tracking this multi-species living in for a couple of years right now. And at the beginning, people were like, ooh, that's way out there. But when you take a look at multi-species families, that's extremely common. We all have them. I've got, you know, the plants as well, too, in my room are really important because that is another type of species. And we've always been seeing the humans at the top of the, the food chain and we're not necessarily. So we're really seeing homes that are making spaces for all species. And more and more people, for example, are designing their showers so that they can wash their pet in the shower at the same time that they can wash in the shower. We're taking a look at foods maybe that can be shared between pets and human beings. And obviously different ways that we can integrate plants into the home. So it's not always just in a pot on the windowsill. 
So yeah, we're really seeing that whole multi-species discussion is being who are our companions and maybe taking that to the next level as well too. And this is going to be happening in other areas about bacteria is another species that we can live with because there's so much beneficial bacteria and just seeing the kombucha that we're brewing in the kitchen or the kimchi. And that's another way of looking at multi-species living. Oh my God, I hadn't even thought about bacteria as another species in my house, but I'm sure there's plenty of that as well. Andrea, anything to add on that topic? I mean, I would say I think it's, you know, to the point we're seeing services start to evolve. So when the interiors team started talking about multi-species living, I feel in around 2015, Lisa, and again, kind of, we would speak to our clients and they'd say, oh, that that seems so far off. And now they're integrating services. So the one that we're tracking is Walmart has opened a pet service center and its stores where, again, you have vet care, grooming, a self-serve dog car wash. And then, of course, in Singapore, they've really created pet spas and labs that you can have your pet picked up from your home and then kind of had an incense bath and, you know, almost a Zen moment because apparently there was no one more stressed out than cats right now. So they need their little moment of Zen. We're going to move to another topic. It wouldn't be a WGSN conversation if we didn't talk about sustainability in some shape or form or regeneration. Now, we've got top trend in for next year, backyard beauty, which is fairly intriguing. Lisa, what is backyard beauty? This kind of connects to the bacteria situation because it's basically looking at dirt as a resource. And dirt is our saving grace. It's not something to be shunned. And we've heard about it in fashion and food, the whole idea of regenerative design. But sustainable beauty brands in in particular are going to be caring for the soil just as we would the skin. So it's like the earth is a giant epidermis. So it's all about treatments. It's about aerating the soil, using soil saviors like microbes and insects and worms. And soil is also going to be a key beauty ingredient as something that's considered nutritive and not dirty. And that's beyond any type of mud bath or mud mask you can put on. And what's really important here, I would say, is it really is about regenerative farming. It's about giving back to the soil rather than taking away. And for example, in packaging, it's using materials that release beneficial elements like nitrogen into the soil when they're composted. So it's like a win-win situation. Sorry, I just need to interrupt you now. We've been talking about pets and my cat has just come to see me. So she clearly heard her name being uh, being mentioned halfway through this. She may make a cameo appearance in a minute walking across my screen. So please continue, Lisa. I am giving you my undivided attention. <laughs> No, it's really about the idea of giving back to the earth at the same time as that we're using it for our consumer purposes. And what about fashion? How does that play a role when we're thinking about regeneration and these kind of topics? Well, what's really interesting too is one of our other top trends is biodegradable denim. And something I did not know before this is that there are more than 2 billion pairs of jeans created every year globally. 2 billion. Oh my goodness. Wow. That's why I'm looking. I know. And it really makes you think about what happens to those jeans that are not your favorites, you know, the ones that you don't end wearing until they actually wear out. And 1% of fashion items are recycled. So that biodegradable denim is going to be a game changer. There's like Turkish and Italian denim mills right now, and there's a bunch of others as well, too, that are going to be bringing uh, these jeans to market in 2024. And they're 99% biodegradable in 210 days. So that's going to be a huge game changer. You're listening to the Create Tomorrow podcast for our special Top Trends of the Year episode. I'm Carla Bazashi, CEO of WGSN. And my guests today are WGSN Director of Strategic Forecasting and Creative Direction, Lisa White, and Andrea Bell, our VP of Consumer Insight. 
Let's move on to food and drink because those are always really, really fun ones. Andrea, I'm going to send this one your way. Meals as drinks. It sounds great, right? I mean, especially when we're talking about backyard beauty, maybe you're lounging in the backyard and don't want to go cook something. I mean, it's functional. It's easy. I think the real shift is you you hear Mills is drinking, you kind of think of in the early 90s and early aughts, you know, slim fast, and they were used as meal replacements. So it was this idea is you had this meal as a drink and you would lose weight, which probably isn't the most healthy <laughs> Well, I'm thinking of those, but I'm also thinking of all the tech bros in Silicon Valley who decided they didn't have time to have meals and they created, I can't even remember what that one was called, which everyone talked about, but just looked disgusting. And you couldn't imagine someone who worked outside of that (laughs) ever considering consuming one. Yes. And there is a shift. So instead of kind of meals as drinks just for nutrition and supplements, or again, like you said, we're, we're just too tech road out to even envision eating because we've, we've got too many, you know, startup meetings. I think it's really about giving you these moments of pleasure with the food. And it's a way to kind of have a small treat, a small moment of joy in your day. One that has, has come up quite a bit is there's, um, it's called Double Chicken Please Restaurant. And they serve a cocktail that apparently tastes like pizza. So it's got, you know, a Blanco tequila. It's got a burnt toast little addition to it in accoutrement. So think of it as kind of an elevated Bloody Mary. But again, the idea of if you just want to taste something, but you're not really sure if you're hungry or you're wanting to eat, but you're thinking, you know what? Yeah, that sounds great. Sign me up for pizza drink. I, I don't know if that will we'll be toasting to that at New Year's, though. You had me. Elevated Bloody Mary. I was just wrapping my head around that. Pizza flavored cocktail, not so much. But, you know, I can sometimes be convinced on these things. I'm not entirely sure about them. Are there any that sound a little bit more palatable? <laughs> the one I would totally, totally order is the Thai beef salad one. So it's kind of like an elevated Bloody Mary, too, I would say. So it's got beef, peanuts, lime, chili, coconut, and rum. So okay. I'd go for that. N- none of these are really working for the pescatarian in this podcast at the moment. And a fish drink. I mean, I guess I have fish soup, so I'm sort of halfway there. Well, what about, what about Carla? There is one that's like a Caesar salad flavored. So it's got crisp kale blended into it, a little bit of Parmesan cheese, a little bit of spice, which, you know, for the vegans you could replace. But I think there is something for everyone. It's probably just a matter of going, what are we brave enough to try? I did want to just kind of touch upon some of the trends that we talked about because it was us here this time last year talking about trends for, for 2023. And at that time, I think Lisa, one of yours was the knitted kind of chair cardigan. And lots of people were like, what on earth are WGSN talking about? And then we saw some really innovative artists creating prototypes of these. I sit here today with a heated blanket on my chair, which is literally my most favorite thing. We have, this was, it was actually a um, birthday present from my husband. We have bought these for just about everybody for Christmas this year because they're so amazing. So kudos, you got it absolutely right. It's infiltrated many, many homes and will be infiltrating the homes of many of my family members as of uh, the 25th of uh, December this year. Do you want to know what the one for next year is going to be when we're talking about this? Yes, yes, yes. Let me know. By far and away, we're having conversations with people and with the AI and the embroiderers and the people we've been talking with, it is the outdoor desk. Okay. 
And this kind of came to the fore when we were speaking with Kim Stanley Robinson, the amazing cli-fi writer. And he said that he wrote his last two books outside. And I'm like, that's amazing. I mean, what do you do in the rain? He goes, well, you know, I just kind of make myself this, you know, shelter. I'm like, what? It would be amazing to have an outdoor desk where you can work outside in all temperatures and be covered. And then I went to Maison Objet, the trade fair, and we had Fermob that had a pretty decent outdoor desk. It was really gorgeous. And then we had a young Swedish woman who had made one out of wood. And I'm like, if we take this to the next level, I can see so many people who wanted to spend more time outdoors wanting to get the job done. And we have the most gorgeous AI render of what this could be with a desk out in the forest. It's got a solar panel so you can charge your computer at the same time. It's got like wood, it's got spaces for books, it's got a hummingbird feeder. So again, that whole multi-species living, instead of bringing other species into your home, you're bringing yourself into the other species. And that is going to be, I think it's going to be a game changer. That sounds amazing. I feel like I may need to move to a warmer country to take advantage of that for the like two weeks in the UK where it's warm enough to be doing that in our current climate. But I mean, bring your heater, bring my, yeah, I can bring, bring my that's a very good point well who knows maybe this time next year we'll be recording that and I'll be outside at my outdoor desk maybe we all will be Andrea are there any favorites from previous years that you've just seen kind of proliferate and hit hit mass mainstream maybe sooner than than you'd expected I think the big one was CMOS for beauty and it being used in so many different applications. I think it was really interesting when our beauty team forecasted it's sustainable. Again, it goes back to that, you know, idea of regenerative, ethical, very, you know, low chemical or no chemical, but it kind of ticked in for beauty, right? And we we all saw it as an ingredient, as a key ingredient, but then we're really seeing it transfer over to food, eating and drinking CMOS, adding it as an ingredient. So I always find it fascinating at WGSN when we think one thing is going to hit really big for one industry and you can see how it impacts kind of all the industries together. So I would say CMOS, another one that doesn't sound necessarily um, like the best idea to drink, but when blended in a smoothie gives you that nice energy, that collagen and hey, you know, again, we could add that to the meals, the meals as drinks. Maybe we'll try that one with the beauty team in January. Amazing. Thank you both so much. I'm looking forward to publishing this particular forecast. So for listeners, you'll see this on the WGSM platform and we'll be pushing it on our social media channels as well. And uh, Lisa, Andrea, being back here with you this time next year for 2025s and a little review of what happens in the next 12 months. Thank you to my guest today, Lisa White, Director of Strategic Forecasting and Creative Direction at WGSN, and Andrea Bell, our VP of Consumer Insight. And thank you all for listening. If you're a WGSN subscriber, you'll find our top trends 2024 across our site with trends for every industry that we cover. And if you want to find out how to subscribe, head over to WGSN.com to discover how you can get access to our service. We're constantly publishing new forecasts focusing on how we can design a brighter, better future for our industries. These include food and drink, interiors, beauty, fashion, and consumer tech. You can also subscribe to the Create Tomorrow podcast on all major platforms. And if you like what you've heard, why not leave us a rating and review? We'll be back in two weeks for our next episode. And in the meantime, you can catch me again next week on our other podcast, Lives of Tomorrow. Tomorrow.